1: Live from the bunker in the middle of the Ozarks. Three people wondering desperately if they can think a happy thought. It's the critic, the geek, and the girl on Sift Pop. Just think a happy thought, okay?
2: Yeah. <laughs> that has a whole new meaning now. <laughs> Welcome. We are excited
1: to talk a little bit about Pan. Uh, the new Peter Pan movie, as well as the TV show The Muppets, their or latest in invasion onto our television screens. They're the Muppets. The Muppets. We're gonna talk to go, pern. Mur- and pern. <laughs> We're gonna talk pern. No, we should not talk pern. That's a no longer safe topic. If we want to talk about, some, we want to talk about pern.
2: Oh, we can do that. On no longer a safe. <laughs> that was good that was
1: really good oh, that's the that's the amazing andrew uh mr flick freaks himself joining Ooh. with us once again an entire movie about pirates not a single one of them said
2: ahoy it's <laughs> so true
3: i don't know why why is that why wouldn't they say ahoy i was waiting the entire time just so i could bring it up but not a single one of them did that's oh, that a must shame be really
2: disappointing that okay. is
1: a shame an absolute yeah. shame uh thank you for joining us whether it be live or whether it be later in the podcast feed we love chat and pop culture and we're excited to do it again uh we are call ourselves the critic the geek and the girl and kind of the geek seat rotates a little bit but the geek seat literally 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 (laughs) he's (laughs) he's, he creaks while it does it he's in
2: a sturdy bar stool that swivels (laughs) so it's quite literal
1: very
3: comfortable though
1: basically uh i as the critic you know in kind of that that uh critical eye. The geek is like that obsessive eye that, you know, looks at everything. And then Danae is the eye that doesn't really care about movies. Not that that has anything to do with being a girl.
2: This movie has mermaids. (laughs) That's my, that's my perspective. But yeah, I'm just the girl. It it just made sense. You know, the critic, the geek and the Girl, I, always, I, always feel
1: bad. I always feel bad when we say that, like that we're like putting some gender stereotypes on like what the girls role. No, this is Danae's role. Not every girl would be like that. Just this is Danae's role in the situation, right?
2: You can't just say the critic, the
3: geek and
1: Danae. know <laughs> <laughs> well, you could.
2: It just doesn't roll off the tongue as easy.
1: Um, well, let's get into it. Play a little clip from Pan and then we'll talk a little bit about the movie and uh, what we thought.
3: They have an ancient prophecy from when the fairy kingdoms reigned on this island. The prophecy tells of a boy, born of the love between a fairy prince and a human girl, a boy who would be disappeared from this world until he was old enough to return and lead an uprising against me.
0: A boy, so says the prophecy, who could fly.
1: Good dramatic pause there, Hugh Jackman. Amazing dramatic pause. <laughs> should we
2: start right with Hugh Jackman?
1: <laughs> no, we should start with our initial overall thoughts. We should start with <gasps> liked it, loved it, it was okay, didn't like you it, want hated to do it. This every eyes right time.
2: now. <laughs> every time we have to follow the rules. What's going on? <laughs>
1: well, just to give kind of a general idea of what we thought, I'm gonna okay, start okay. with. Uh, I'm gonna start with Andrew. Andrew liked it, loved it, it was okay, didn't like it, hated it. Indifferent, leaning towards.
3: No, I'm just gonna stick with indifferent.
1: Indifferent. 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 Right. I liked it. Dane goes with liked it. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with it was okay, yeah. indifferent. Uh, and if I were to lean, it would be towards the liked it. Um, but I, I just have to go with it. It was like there's so there's too many flaws for me to go exactly. to liked it, and yeah. that's 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 a difficult thing for me. Well, this could be interesting then. Dane wow. appears to have really enjoyed it. So I not know. loved
2: it though. I, I I had a good time. Okay. I don't know that I I don't know that I lo- loved it. Like I've loved some of the movies I've seen recently, but I had a really good time in this cool i kept making notes throughout the movie mm-hmm. and 98% of them are like ooh that was pretty <laughs> so
3: yeah can we start there that the movie was visually beautiful
1: yeah really that's a good place to start as we start with the positives i think that's one that we can all agree on yeah. the 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 visual interpretation of neverland in this world and even the the world of london and in, in you know world war 2 or whatever and the way these characters were you know over the top but still you know, a part of this universe, I thought, I thought visually worked really well,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: was spectacular. What were some of the visuals you remember?
2: Oh my goodness. Um,
1: Without going into spoilers, which we'll do later. Uh,
2: There are, there are, um, let's see, when we're approaching Neverland for the first time, Mm -hmm. it's just all very inventive and it's a different approach to, you know, this universe. Yeah. And it's got a lot of creativity to it and
1: as soon as i asked that question i realized all the things i'm thinking of i don't want to spoil for somebody like yeah. i want them to have that experience of seeing you know just sometimes it'll, the,
2: the camera will kind of pan out over a landscape and I it's see what just, you did there i didn't mean to but it did
1: <laughs> oh you went there <laughs> sorry that pun kind of petered out but go ahead
2: oh, oh. no is this Someone gonna happen stop the entire
1: view? <laughs> just give me the hook if you want me to stop i'll ah, i will i promise
2: ah, ah, i'm gonna hurt somebody <laughs> I don't want to get upset. (laughs) Go ahead. So anyways, the camera would move over and whatever it was looking at would would just be beautiful. And, you know, there is obviously CG in this. Some of it's obvious, but for the most part, I I thought that they did a really great job of like overlaying, I don't even know where some of these scenes came from. There's forests, there's, mm-hmm. you know, rock, there's clouds. Like, did they take real stuff and then just super CG? It Was it all CG? I don't know. But it, it looked really believable, and I, I really liked that.
3: Yeah, the, re- the part that I really liked is it's all around Neverland, and every single place you go, it's completely different. It's not one set of uh environment it's like you go here it's completely different from the last scene that you were in what are they saying Uh, today's in in the the chat chat. yeah Yeah. Uh,
2: okay too many flaws including a lack of helicopters and a hoise (laughs) was the one that caused me to laugh and then also the bdg was upset because he couldn't keep up with your puns aaron
1: well i've got a microphone in front of me you have a keyboard (laughs) i've got a little bit of an advantage
2: (laughs) oh man these puns are they are flying through. This well, is good. going to be a fun That's, chat. That is
1: an encouragement. That's a good reason to listen live, right? Because you get to be in the chat. You get to kind of feel what's going on with those And then those I kind can take things. their
2: jokes. And then Tanae can sound just really good.
1: steal their jokes <laughs> yeah. and make it work that way. What else did you like, Andrew, as you we were talking about that stuff? Um, I'll just stick with it visually. It's kind of
3: generic, but you guys would know what I'm talking about if you saw the movie. The first time you get to Neverland and you see quote-unquote the bubbles i'm like Mm -hmm. okay that's the one
1: i was thinking of too yeah and i didn't want to spoil the effect that's a good way to say it it's just the bubbles we'll Mm -hmm. just call it that
2: there there was a lot of really clever storytelling in this i felt um there's a couple of times in this movie where they kind of give like backstory of what had happened because this is pan's origin story essentially and so uh when peter lands in neverland and he gets involved in these different characters and kind of goes through neverland At several points, he himself is trying to kind of learn about the environment. And there's these storytelling techniques that the people use to kind of show him things that are going on uh, and that have happened in the past. It's been and it was I loved how they did that. And I thought it was very, very creative. The costuming was fun um, and colorful. It it was colorful and beautiful. Uh, It was really inventive. And in some of the fight scenes, there were some really inventive ways to you know, kind of show the intensity of the fights.
1: I agree with what you're saying about the storytelling. I actually do. And a lot of the flaws I have were with, uh, with aspects of storytelling, but not with the idea of spinning a yarn. I thought they spun a good yarn. I thought it was an interesting concept for the origin story of these characters. Uh, so when I say that, I mean like the foundation of what they decided to do with Peter Pan's origin story was interesting to me. What they decided to do with who Captain Hook was, was interesting to me. Yeah. Um, and the execution had a little bit lacking as far as I was concerned, but I did like the germ of the idea that they had there. I also really liked, as we're continuing with positives, Hugh Jackman. I thought he was, he my number was one. great.
2: Hugh Jackman yeah. was incredible. Yeah, But I have to admit something. What? So earlier we were reviewing this on our radio show. And Aaron mentions Hugh Jackman. And I was like, Hugh Jackman was in this?
3: <laughs> oh, really? I
2: didn't recognize him at all. I had no idea. Yeah, He wasn't that dreamy
1: enough.
3: Captain
2: Blackbeard. <laughs> Was yeah. Hugh Jackman? Yeah, he was incredible.
1: That, that f- first scene, his appearance scene, is my favorite scene in the movie. His introduction to the movie. Oh, where he's
3: just walking out and they're singing
1: Nirvana. Yes, yes, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit because yeah. I do want to go into that. But uh, he he was the perfect amount of over the top. Like it wasn't so far over the top that you know you yeah. lost interest, right? But it was over the top enough that it gave you that like that jolt of creative energy. Well, isn't it weird that in a movie that's this
3: psychedelic, not psychedelics, probably a bad word to say, but, you know, just colorful and loud, right. he is the most grounded thing in the movie with his performance.
1: That's true. Yeah. Yeah. There's something interesting about you, you can see that extra level of acting ability mm-hmm. that that he has on screen that some of the others don't have because there's a depth to his performance that a lot of the others don't have. Well,
2: yeah. there's this one particular scene where he kind of goes from this over the top captain character. And he really gets into some of his like deeper emotion. And mm-hmm. um, that was one of my favorite scenes of the movie as serious as it was. I was really captivated by um, the performance and I, it was really, really moving. Um, the, the, what he's basically saying is hit what Neverland is to him mm-hmm. as Blackbeard. And I love the dialogue. I thought the script was really fun and it kept moving, but it, it had like this, it wasn't too superficial. Um, it wasn't too ornate. It was just right in the middle for me the whole time. And, and when he delivers the that performance. Of the style of dialogue? Yeah, just the okay. style of dialogue okay. yeah. and how they're delivering their, like, how they're talking to each other. And, and some of it's very artistic and flaring has flair to it. And, you know, it, I I really enjoyed it. But particu- in particular, we're trying to figure out this Blackbeard character. Because here's this character in Neverland I'm not used to, mm-hmm. you know, perceiving. And so I'm kind of trying to get used to, like, okay, who is he? And Hugh Jackman really brought him to life. And when he shows that depth, that one particular scene where he's kind of just uh, having a one on one with Peter, I was I was really moved by it.
1: How many people do you think the question is as an aside? How many people do you think saw the poster for this movie or an advertisement for this movie? You know, half saw it or whatever and thought that Hugh Jackman was playing Captain Hook? Because
3: uh, uh, I'd say more than 50%. I think so, too. I think
1: so, too. I think in the advertising, if you're just kind of glancing at, at, at what it. they're doing, you're thinking, yeah. oh, OK, they're doing a Peter Pan story. Hugh Jackman is Cap- is you know Captain Hook and, and that kind of stuff. And that was kind of a revelation to me as it continued to go, oh, we're getting into Captain Hook's origin story, too, and kind of who he was. And of all the origins that they played with, mm-hmm. I thought his was the most drastic turn, like the one that you go, OK, something... There's still some story to be told with his origin story, and maybe we can go more into it in spoilers. That's, but I
3: was about to say I got a lot to say about that in the spoiler section
1: because I don't want to give away his story arc exactly uh, at all uh, in this, uh, in case you want to see it uh, without being spoiled. But it, it, of all the characters, his was the one I was like, "Oh, that is really interesting where that could go," and I don't know that a lot of that is seen in this movie. I think they're maybe setting up sequels where maybe we'll get I some got more that of that exact feeling too. But. Um, but it was definitely it was definitely there for yeah. sure. Any other positives you guys wanted to throw out as we kind of continue on? What I did have a.
2: Few. I did I did think it was also the whole movie the entire way through had just a creative uh, finger on every element. It's like I could imagine that the people who kind of sat down to put this movie together were like, "How can we think about these things differently?" You know, um, the mermaids, for example, were one of my favorite uh, sections. Th- not just the whole, the section Characters? was really but just to watch how they interpreted what a mermaid is. Cause everyone has a different interpretation mm-hmm. of her. There's like the basic one. It was very unique. Woman with tail.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Woman with tail, long hair. That's pretty basic. Mm-hmm. And so some of that stuff you're like, oh, Strategic yeah. Strategic seashells. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But, but this one was just a little bit different uh, enough. And I don't want to spoil it for you just in case you go see it. So we'll talk about it maybe a little bit more in detail in the spoiler section. But I really liked that. I, I just, I really enjoyed it. Really yeah, enjoyed you can it. tell.
1: You can tell there was a lot of thought put into the creative I think ideas. So. Yeah. And I, I that's you know, one of the reasons I, I want to make sure we give give props where props are due, because you can tell somebody cared. It felt it's not like you watch this movie and go, Oh, they just threw awesome. this together and no. they didn't care. And that's somebody really thing, cared. I
2: think that's why I enjoyed it so much is that this wasn't a throwaway, let's just make some money movie. The, the people who are in it, I, you can tell they're having they care about what they're doing. And I thought that the people who created it cared about what they were doing, and so even though I'm watching a kid film, and even though I'm you know watching something that I probably am not going to remember you know in depth for very long, it was still something that I was like, yeah, that was a that was okay.
1: Dana, you touch on something that could go in the positive section for me as well. You called it a kid film. Uh, It is PG, not even PG 13. They were very, very careful to you know any of the insinuated death or those kind of things were all completely off screen and without much impact Yep. like they you know even the ones that that had a story impact didn't have like a a, a scenic impact there was no sound there was no vision of it you know you just knew it happened Yep. it was very intentional um, this is the kind of movie I would have loved as a kid right like I know. I, if I if I could get into my mm-hmm. 8 year old brain you know or my 10 year old brain I'm and very watch close this to mo- my
2: 8 and 10 year old <laughs> brain I think <laughs> I that's why I enjoyed I, it so much that might be part of it that
1: might be part of it <laughs> But I, I, I would have absolutely, because you look at a movie like, I don't know, let's just say like The NeverEnding Story. There are a lot of flaws in that movie, too. But when I was 10, oh, that yeah. movie was the bomb diggity, you this, know?
2: This has that feel to it, to be honest. It has yeah. that kind of feel to it where like, it's like, yeah, I think this could be something that kids and families can really enjoy. Like, the it's it's one that I would, you know, recommend people getting the DVD for and taking home and having so the kids can watch
1: yeah i just wanted to, to mention my, my 40 year old eyes you know they didn't they didn't see it the same way exactly. but my my 10 year old eyes would have absolutely loved this thing
3: see that's exactly what i was going to say that this movie does a great job of like it's a kid's movie but if you're looking for a movie for to bring back like a resurgence of your childhood nostalgia it's great i don't think it i don't think it works like for me personally i'm like I want a movie that get, got me excited about that world, like Hook did with Robin Williams, or the oh. 1953 movie. And like, is it gonna make me feel like a kid again? Like, am I gonna believe in happy thoughts? Can I believe that I could fly? And I didn't, I didn't feel like a kid again when I was watching this
2: movie. That's interesting, and I wonder if it's because they're focusing so much on Peter Pan, because, or you know, his origin story. It's, it's, it's like his development in a way. And when you're watching Peter Pan, I mean, yeah, you're watching Peter Pan and Wendy, but you're putting yourself in the character into the shoes of the, of the kids who are being taken away by Peter Pan, like you're being swept away by Peter Pan. We weren't really invited into the movie the same way. Right. And I'm wondering if that's sort of what you're feeling. And you're I think feeling. part of it
1: also has to do with the fact that this character, Peter Pan, is not the Peter Pan we would get excited about being. Like, so for instance, oh, like, right. yeah. you know, a lot of this is wish fulfillment, these kind of movies. Like, oh, I want to be able to do that. And this Peter Pan was learning the ropes so much but I didn't necessarily want to be him. And by the time yeah. he kind of became Peter Pan, he still wasn't really Peter Pan. Not yet. Like Not it, was yet. Just, it, it was just it was just so you never got that sense of, Oh, that's amazing. I would I would love to be able to do that, you know yeah. kind yeah. of thing. And that's that's a you know, a big part of these kind of movies. I did have one
3: last positive that I had written down. Levi Miller, the kid who plays Peter Pan. As far as a child actor
1: goes, he did a pretty good job.
3: I, I, was, that.
2: I also said that. That yeah. was one of my positives, too. I thought he did a really great job. I, yeah.
1: I thought he I thought he did fine. Especially, I like that you qualified it as a child actor. Because child actors are hit and miss. Very much so. Very much so. And I thought he was more hit than miss. I will say, and let's move this into kind of the, the issues that we had with the movie. I will say that, for me, his performance is indi- uh, indicating one of my major issues with the movie. I never felt emotion for him like i never felt like i was a part of his world enough to like that the heart was there enough for me to really feel what he was going through i understood what he was going through intellectually i just never felt it and the only the only performance i felt was hugh jackman who was the bad guy (laughs) you know so if i'm not feeling the emotions of any of the protagonists And I'm left in a place where I just don't care as much about the story and what's going on if
2: I were a really young child I think I would be relating to This young Peter Pan character and so maybe I would be experiencing emotion because I would be on that level Mm. but the emotions that I experienced were like visual excitement and uh, like sometimes the the songs and the and the music would kick in and I'd feel something that way but as far as like feeling emotion in deep deep ways like I've maybe experienced in other movies. Mm-hmm. I- I'm with you there, too It didn't go too deep for yeah, me. Yeah, there
1: was a little bit of a lack of heart for me overall uh, It was one of my major issues. Andrew, what about you? What are some of the things that that stood out as negatives in this?
3: The biggest negative I have is Garrett Hedlund's Performance as Captain Hook. No, oh, I can't wait to talk about this. It was very 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 bad <laughs> to me He sounded like uh, Heath Ledger's Joker with a frog in his throat. <laughs> I was just waiting for him to go, you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> That's exactly wanna what it sounded a magic like to trick? me. Yeah. Huh. How about a magic trick? I'm like, <laughs> really? I, I, never once could I have believed that he would grow up, quote unquote, to become Captain Hook. Yeah. Never believed it for a
1: second. Yeah. Interesting. Tanae, you, you looked like uh, you... That
2: was my worst thing. In yeah. totally. Ag- agreement really with that. I really did not enjoy that performance. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but it was voiced over.
1: What? No, I didn't
2: notice that. Because there were several times, and I was confused about what they were doing. There were several times where his mouth said heck, but the word said hell. Really? So there was that. That happened a couple times towards the beginning. Now, why would they do that? That's interesting. But then later on, they'll say, you know, bloody hell or something like that. And it was fine. So I was like, okay, they're not concerned. And then... Captain Hook's, or Hook says hell again at some point. I'm like, okay, what was that? So maybe they just made it. It was weird. And I did I, not notice
1: that. That's a very so, specific observation. So
2: in my mind, I was like, okay, maybe I didn't see that. Maybe that wasn't right. But the way that he was speaking wasn't matching up sometimes with his mouth a little bit towards the very beginning. And so I was like, I wonder if they replaced the voice and we're not hearing the actual actor's voice. The whole movie, I was thinking that because, like you said, his vocal performance and his like the way that he was physically performing the mm-hmm. role he always were at very you from distracting. It's very distracting to me. Um, and I mentioned this to Aaron earlier, and I was like, I really didn't like the performance uh, from the the Hook character. And I really enjoyed the performance of the little boy that was playing Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. And Aaron, how did you respond to that?
1: Uh, my response is basically, I think it's a a uh, swing and a miss based on what he was asked to do. Like I feel like he was very much directed to get, do that voice, give that character. And whereas, and we talked about this a little a uh, little bit ago. Whereas um, Hugh Jackman can be over the top and still be have depth and believability. His over the top performance felt too over the top to where it wasn't believable and felt distracting. Um, so I, I think that has a lot to do with it. I don't blame him as much as I blame
2: like the direction the direction,
1: oh, the you know, where what he was he was asked to do, or maybe even the casting. Maybe they could have gotten somebody better when
2: we're you first know, to do that. Introduced to his character, there's something that flips in him at some point when they go from where they start off together in their journey into like the next part of their adventure together yeah and that very first part of the meeting how uh hook and james hook and peter pan meet in this version that environment i don't know if it's just he was so more he was more muted and almost seemed a little bit more reliable and wise. You know, he had these qualities that were interesting. But then once they break out into this next part of their adventure, it changes and he kind of gets a little bit crazy. And I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe that's just part, you know, of Captain Hook. But is at least he's just it's a little bit nutty. At
1: least it's interesting. Like, at least there's something interesting there. It is distracting. But at least there's something there where you go, OK, Captain Hook, the character we know, has to be a little off. The guy is a little crazy, right? So you have to see a seed of that yeah. in this character somewhere. And
2: there was like the flourishes of the hand and the gestures. So I think again, I once you said that about your perspective on the performance aspect, I thought, mm-hmm. oh, you know, maybe that's I just think true. he
1: missed. I think it was a, it, the. I just think it was a a bad effort at a good idea.
2: When when you have somebody like uh, when you have a performance like what he's doing in the same scene with a child actor who is wide-eyed and a bland tiger lily who is that's just what i wanted, to, wanted get to. to
1: i She is it's, the background it's, it's, yeah she's the she was the worst performance for me because she wasn't interesting at all so i
2: think maybe we're at that in that kind of place where his performance is standing out even more because it is so much more vibrant mm-hmm. than the other two characters that are often with him. Although, I do want to mention Smee, who, uh, though we're kind of in the stuff that we didn't like as much, um, when he was in there, I thought that James worked better, or that Hook worked better, because they kind of play off of each other pretty well.
1: I, not enough Smee. Not enough see he I thought he was he good was fun, and, and
2: they, didn't, they didn't
1: use him in the right no. way I just felt like his character was so misused yeah in this yeah. and underused um and, and I thought he was good but I just want to get back to Tiger Lily just to emphasize that was the biggest miss in the movie for me acting wise I I don't I don't get the casting I don't get the performance I don't get the costuming I don't get any of that this what they did with you the know, natives I the, just I don't get it
2: the natives outfits reminded me a little bit of um hook you know, what? when they, with the, the lost boys hook and yeah. just kind of that sort of like fun, free, uh, a lot of fabric, a lot of color, which mm-hmm. I think is, it was really beautiful to look at. So, but I understand what you think. Cause that's a whimsical part of Neverland, right? Like, mm-hmm. but they did combine in some kind of this element of whimsicalness with natives. And, and, it, and it did lose a little bit of maybe what Tiger Lily was when we were reading the books and watching the show when we were kids. And
1: I don't buy for a second uh, is this a spoiler? I don't. I don't buy for a second the relationship she had with with Hook. No, I don't. Don't buy that for a second. Whatever that was, I don't buy it.
2: Yeah, it's a confusing. It it, it attempts to go into confusing directions. I didn't buy it. it, it Story wise, I
1: didn't buy it. Character wise, I didn't buy it. Performance wise, it just it it did not work for me at it, all. It seems to
3: me the writer of this film saw the 1953 like uh, Disney cartoon. And he's like. He saw it once, and he's like, I can make a prequel. He didn't know any of what could be considered lore of, like, the backstory of how some characters meet up with each other. And I'm like, because that does make sense You know, for
2: me, me, when you're starting an origin story, they can all start off as friends. They can all start off, I mean, they don't necessarily, they're not quite friends in the film throughout the most of it. Um, you know, there's ups and downs in all these different kinds of ways that they're interacting. But I find myself kind of trying to fill in the gap with imagination and saying... You know, maybe these guys were really good friends at the beginning and then something happens and then we see their story develop when we meet up with them later on with the stories that we know. So do you know?
1: Yeah, no. Well, it left a lot of room for sequels to develop that stuff. And I think purposefully so. I actually have several other things on the negative side. Okay. I have Uh,
3: one, but I want to ask you guys, music, could that be considered a spoiler or can we talk about that
1: now? uh, We already kind of mentioned it. I think it's fine. Let's just put it this way and we'll talk about this next. There is music in Neverland that is anachronistic. Yeah. In in other words, it's music that was written way after World War II, where the story you know takes way, place. <laughs> way, way, after World War II. That not yeah. only that not only not only is in the background, but the peop- the actors are singing it. Yeah. As a part of like a like a warrior chant kind of thing. Yeah.
2: I really wish we did our spoilers live sometimes, <laughs> because I want to feel the reaction when we talk about the song that they sing. That's gonna be a really fun <laughs> thing. But yeah, I think we should wait on that
1: two songs that they sang. i yeah. like, really? It's probably more. Uh, it, bit, here's here's where I went. I went, Um, that doesn't make sense. Well, it's Neverland. Okay, I'll give it to you. You know, and it's just like, you know, whatever. It's Neverland. Anything can happen. Maybe Neverland exists outside of time. Yeah. They have it, access to, you know.
2: But you had to do that at the very beginning of the movie, though. Did it yeah. seem
3: like a cop-out? Like, we, we're not uh, witty enough or we don't have time to come up with our own music. We're just going <laughs> to steal this and hopefully
1: some But people... you know what? That scene was my favorite scene of the movie. Because it, it was the introduction of Blackbeard. Yes. So it's so it's hard for me to dislike the choice when I love that scene so much. It was a and great I,
2: scene. And Absolutely. I don't know
1: how much of that depends on that choice of music. I think, personally, they could have
3: chosen any random song, and just the way his demeanor and the way he carried himself, we would have believed it, and sure. we would have thought it was an amazing scene. So you take him out of that, because... Remember, he comes out halfway through that song, and the, before that, you're like, what, what, what? And oh, yeah. then as soon as he comes out, you're like, oh, okay, so you could have taken any song that was just originally composed, and you would have thought it was an incredible scene. I, I, that's what I think.
1: Could be, could be. I, uh, I, I remember, I forget what the movie was called. I think it, it was Night's Tale, maybe or something. Yeah, it was, it was a nice movie. Ledger, Heath Ledger, Ledger, and they come out and they're doing "We, we will, will rock, rock you." We will rock you in the stands. Yeah, it's not that bad for me. Like that just annoyed the snot out of me. This this is more like okay, you can kind of give them the fa- you know the fantastical element, you know, and give a little grace it's on funny it.
3: funny you mention that because in this movie, whenever that song came on, the first thing I thought of was Night's Tale. Yeah. That's exactly what yeah. I thought of. I'm like, you had that feel. Oh, you you're doing that thing again okay i remember when you did that and how it question didn't in
2: the chat was did they bust out the song whip Nene? Nay? <laughs> <laughs> and i was able to thankfully say no that was not the song oh i was oh, gonna you say missed you're it. gonna have
3: to wait for the spoilers
1: uh,
2: you missed it you missed it and you then didn't see tinkerbell doing the whip Nene? Nay, nay? and then the BBG <laughs> says tiger lily whips her hair whips her <laughs> hair back and forth, forth. yeah yeah
1: no she's not even that interesting i don't even think she whips her hair back and forth <laughs>
2: No. And it's funny because of. Rooney Mara
3: is n- normally an incredible actress. I don't
1: know what happened, man. Yeah. I, I, it was, it was, I just, the more she was on screen, the more I just was bored. I personally still liked her performance
3: more than Garra uh, than a hook. But at
1: least his, at least he was trying for something, you know? At least it was interesting in some way. I'd rather see somebody try good. and spectacularly fail than just to stand in the background.
3: I think she was trying to be just, I don't want to say bland. I think she was trying to not overact it and i think she failed on one spectrum where garrett hedlund failed on the other end of that spectrum. that's a
1: good way to say it i think that's fair
2: i think that her character could have been completely received different like we would have really received her performance differently if they would have done one key thing with her um and made her like because she's like the warrior princess right Mm -hmm. so she should have been the warrior yeah you know and should have played that role the entire time
1: yeah you know and
2: she does get to fight and she does get to do the cool things we do get to see her do that but there's a there's a moment in the movie where she takes a back seat and i think that's whenever i got confused about who she was i
1: gotta tell you even in the quote-unquote moments she got to do that part i still felt like she was in the back seat like i
2: yeah here, Even in a, those fight scenes. Here's a oh, good it was way to beautiful put the it. whole time, so that's yeah, cool. It was, it was yeah.
1: beautiful.
3: Here's a good way to put it. Uh, they were given two different directions. The director told Rooney Mara, okay, we're going for a realistic, down-to-earth Peter Pan movie. And then he told Garrett Hedlund, we're going for this crazy, colorful, Tim Burton, massive Hunger character. Games Hunger Games looking. Game. Yeah. And that's the performance. So you couldn't, zero chemistry between every single person in that movie.
1: Yeah. You get, You feel almost like he was told, "This is your chance to be, you know, Johnny Depp and pirates." You know, yeah. this is Ooh, your ch- perfect. This Except- is your chance to do something like that and be weird, and and it just it just missed. It just didn't work.
3: It's amazing we're talking about so many negatives, and yet we're all okay with the
2: movie i think it's It's, just it's kind of the nitpicky stuff it's it's that fantasy aspect
1: of it um but like i said there are a lot of flaws here
2: those flaws keep it in a realm where like if it could have been tweaked a little bit it would have taken it from a kid's movie into like a really impactful movie like you're talking about earlier with wishing it was something like hook for example
1: let me check in on a couple more things uh cg i thought the cg of the flying boy was awful terrible I, I like, there were times, I mean, I was just like, are you kidding me? We just went to Polar Express. <gasps> That's like, exactly
2: what I was I, thinking of Polar like, Express. We are in is the a, Uncanny is Valley. That's a terrifying movie. I,
1: I was just like, this is, I cannot believe in, in today's day and age, you, I mean, it was like, oh, real boy. Oh, fake boy. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, okay. I wasn't the only yeah, one that no, saw that. Yeah, for sure. A- every time he flew, it was just, it was over for me. It was just like, ah. Here's a teaser for the
3: spoiler area. I'm just going to say two words, and I'm just going to quit right there. Last airbender. I want to see if you guys know what I'm talking about. I
2: haven't seen it.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: But You've seen you, the TV show. Oh, yeah. The TV show. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah.
3: Okay, so do you know what I'm talking about? I don't.
1: I'm excited to, to okay. find out what you're referencing later. I mean, I okay. love The Last Airbender, so yeah. I'm just missing something. But uh, And then the... Oh, uh, well, actually, I think I mentioned... Oh, no, no, no. The other thing I wanted to check in on are the winks and nods throughout the movie.
2: I liked those. Okay, I, I wanted use... to see if you
1: liked them or didn't like them. I think what? I fell on the side of not liking them, but...
2: I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about like where a character would I'm... use a common phrase that you would see... Yes. You I can would Yes, I think Peter I can being. give a good
1: one that's... N- not a spoiler because it has nothing to do with the story, but you know, at one point, uh, Captain Hook says something about you don't have to crow about it. You, you didn't that's, li- that's a direct reference from yeah. you know, I loved it. Okay, so for me, it's just like I loved it, it's, it feels forced in some way, and instead of like loving it, I just go,
2: Come See, on, for me, it because make it, was, it feel
1: natural,
3: it you was know,
2: part of like their part of the lingo of what would be going on, you know. There were, um,
3: there were parts where I, I agree with Aaron, and parts I agree with you, parts like uh, when you find out Hook's afraid of crocodiles like yes. i like that part because it's it's a it's a reminder that this is a prequel and that these characters do have emotions that are going to impact them later on there's a
1: first, moment in that scene that i want to talk about in the spoilers okay. that i didn't like but I, overall i don't mind that that feels natural
2: first clue would have been that he has both hands
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> but, and, that it's a prequel he, his hand yeah. that it's a prequel yeah 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 so uh...
2: <laughs> also Peter Pan is very I think that's fair
1: I think that's I think they're hit and miss yeah I do think some of them were. I just some of them I rolled my eyes at the crow one I rolled my eyes at there were a couple others that I listed but I don't I don't need to go into all of them but um but yeah the one okay I do have I want to say the one more because it really was the worst one for me where he was like um I forget who said it but somebody told you know James Hook well it's you know or he said something like you know well I'm not a pirate and then Somebody said, "Oh yes." yes
2: I yes. was like, "Oh, I, I hated like that. that I hated
1: that. What? I don't like that either." That's such. I mean, it's so forced, and it's like it, it presumes pre knowledge that they don't have of some. You know, like why would you say that unless you knew that he would be some? I don't know. No, no, it just it felt really forced. So That was probably the main example for me yeah. of those things.
2: Yeah, that was the most forced one. That that definitely sat with me awkwardly.
1: Are we ready for one last thing before we move on? Yeah, I think we're ready. All right, today you want to start. What's your one last thing about Pan?
2: I would wait until this is something that maybe plays on TV for the adults, you know, and just have it on and kind of watch it. There are some really beautiful things I think people could enjoy. Um, I don't know that it's something like you need, like a must see, but I thought Hugh Jackman did a great job and I think it's worth watching to see his performance in it. And, um, and I thought that the, the, big fight scene at the end is really interesting and, and creative. So it's kind of like one of those where if you just have nothing else to do but... Put a movie on and just watch it. This could be this could be that one.
1: I'll go next. Uh, and I will answer the question in the comments. Is it as forced as the catchphrases in Fantastic Four? No, nothing is as forced <laughs> as the catchphrases in Fantastic Four. They are awful. Yeah. Um, that so was no, such a bad not movie. quite on that level. Uh, my one last thing. I wanted to talk about the sense of humor in this movie. I didn't think it worked. I thought the movie was cute at points. Uh, I thought the movie was silly at points, but I never felt like this movie was funny. There, were, well, there weren't were a lot of moments where I laughed.
3: If you did laugh, it was at Smee.
1: Yeah, I, maybe. But even that, like, I just never felt during this movie, oh, this is hilarious. You know, oh, like, there's no, some movies, no, no. Like, like, we were watching The Martian last week, this huge drama. And it was hilarious, you yeah. know? But this movie just, it wasn't really funny. And I felt <laughs> that that was a miss. And that may be part of the reason, you know, for some of the down reaction.
2: What's I'm getting, getting razzed in chat.
1: Oh, yeah? Ah,
2: fight scene. Have you no sense of spoilers? <laughs> <laughs>
1: There are no helicopters. No good, helicopters. Good to mention. Yeah. Is that true? I don't know. I kind of consider those pirate ships helicopters. Those pirate ships are cool. Yeah, they were pretty amazing. What's your one last thing, Andrew?
3: Demon nuns. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Demon
2: nuns. Right? Well,
1: yeah. Those nuns
2: are terrifying.
1: Well, at least, the, especially the head nun. Whoa.
2: Yeah. My goodness. She basically barks like a dog And when she talks. She
3: hisses. She ah. literally
2: hisses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was scary. That was no joke. Yeah. If you have a nun aversion, don't yeah, go. I just you know
1: there the last few weeks I've decided a couple things. I don't ever want to climb Everest and I don't ever want to be an orphan in London during World War II. I, I
3: just never mean, want to be in London. Think of <laughs> try and think of a single movie where London has been portrayed as happy. <laughs> think of think list one okay, movie where uh, good things happen in London.
1: Um, right, chat, probably probably the Beatles movies maybe. Those are lighthearted. Like help? Is that in parts of that in London? I don't know. I'm stretching, man. Yeah.
3: Nothing it's always gloomy, it's always like dark and brooding. Play Miz. There's always pirate ships. Play Miz. Play Miz. That was Paris. That's funny on oh, several oh, right. levels. All
2: right, it's Paris. Paris. <laughs> V for Vendetta.
3: Oh, the movie. Shanghai okay. Nights. I'm not asking. I'm not asking for great movies, because <laughs> honestly, a lot of good things didn't happen in London during V
1: for Vendetta. It was just a fantastic movie. Yeah. No, I think they're just proving your point. Yeah. yeah. What's happening? That's funny. Uh, so yeah. Overall, uh, Denae liked it. We I did. Kind of liked it, but there's just too many flaws to I really w- get behind it. I was gonna say I was
3: leaning more towards didn't like it, but I'm just gonna stick with indifferent because again. I'm not the target audience for this movie. If you want to take your kids to this movie, I'm sure they'll have a magnificent time watching it.
1: I think so. Although the kids in the theater with us didn't seem to be having a great Shut time. Shut
3: up! <laughs> Shut up! The mom wasn't having a good time. Holy cow. Yeah,
2: there was that a little, was, there was awkward. There was a little bit of
1: family squabbling going on a few rows ahead of us. That was uh, that was awkward. Although, I will take that over the bringing your children to like the rated R movies that happens like every single time.
2: 101 Dalmatians? Was that in London?
1: One hundred and one Dalmatians. It was, it
3: was New York, or was it?
1: It might have been London. BDG oh.
2: says yes, it was.
1: All right. It was still gloomy. We
2: made. We made. <laughs> it was
1: it about was. dog murder. It was about <laughs> dog murder. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> What's so happy about dog
3: murder? Do you really think how big would that coat have been if she oh, murdered all one hundred and one oh, of those Dalmatians? Oh, awful. Yeah.
1: Uh yeah yeah that would she she'd have had a few coats out of that I think yeah and on that note we shall uh move on talk a little bit about um dear the- <laughs> before that though can we make the
2: big announcement today can we go ahead and make this announcement on the podcast I What's would love on? to tell our nearest and dearest that that we've let got it, some really let cool it be news. known okay go ahead
1: we are doing a live podcast recording oh, yes. in front of an audience. <laughs> We uh, have been asked to do the podcast live at a local coffee shop uh, in November.
2: They are classic rock coffee is the name of the company. You should go to the website, classic rock coffee. Just Google it. You'll see it. And you can actually do a tour and you'll see the room we're in. It's on stage. There's lighting. We're going to have a live band there. Uh, We're going to be broadcasting live on Friday, the 20th of November. Mm
1: -hmm. It'll be an evening broadcast. Evening
2: broadcast. We're still going to do our show regularly. For yeah. Sif Pop. This we'll is going to be like a pop. special mm-hmm. event, and we're going to be broadcasting live. We're going to have special events. Uh, we will have our special guests. Special rather.
1: guests, prizes. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a blast. And uh, also, uh, the band Nate and the Saints from Curb Records is going to be performing. Um, we got a chance to hang out with Nate a little bit, and uh, he's here in the area, and and uh, I think he's going to be a great friend of the show. Uh, we may have some exciting announcements to make at that live show about yes, the future. we will. What's of uh, shoe the so dough fun. and the different podcasts that we do
2: just just be continuing to send us love. Thank you guys so much for all of your support, the positive messages that we get from you, and all the fun times that we always have together. It's really been an encouraging thing because we do have some super fun stuff. Not even on the back burner; it's all on the front burner. We just have to wait for it to get to the right temperature. Yeah, to, there's, to there's to some tell big announcements coming,
1: it. and we're really excited to give I, those to I you. I want
2: to spoil it, but I can't, <laughs> I just I can't yet. We can't. So,
1: so November 20th in Springfield, Missouri at Classic Rock Coffee. If you can make it, we would love to see you. We'd love to p- pack that place out. What, how many f- do you think we could fit in there? In I'm thinking
2: room? about a hundred and something. Yeah. Between 100 and hundred and two hundred. We'll see.
1: Somewhere in we're that hoping
2: range. To hit, we're hoping to hit a hundred. That's our
1: goal. a hundred people there live for the show.
2: In the chat, as we've been talking, Shoe the Tour is already something that we've been thinking about. And it's definitely something that's possible considering we can be mobile It's just all about logistics and timing. And because we do travel from time to time to Nashville and to Florida, those might be two places that we could consider doing another kind of live venue at some point in time. So if you have any ideas for us, you can send us emails, Aaron and Danae at gmail.com with any ideas. It'll be
1: different, huh? Being like in like in a room with your live audience. See, we do the live audience thing like we have, you know, people in chat who we chat with and during the show and. We like broadcasting live, but, man, to have people, like, responding in the room, that's going to be interesting.
2: What's cool, too, is that we probably, like, if we did go to Nashville, just as an example, like, for our next one, I'm just making huge, big assumptions here.
1: <laughs> yes, you are.
2: That would be so much fun. We could get an artist to join us for that one, too. They're everywhere. We can oh, just walk who, out there. I know I, the who, space. I
1: know I who I could book for uh, for our Sift Pop segment. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mr. CinemaSins. <gasps> My friend Jeremy. Oh! cool yeah he's there in nashville
2: maybe instead of continuing to dream about the far far future though we should <laughs> continue to plan because we've got a lot of well, josh to do is in nashville as well november 20th i know we our should friend so from do that. our
1: friend from uh nether region okay is in nashville as well so yeah that could be that could be interesting a lot of fun thank you guys for your continued support your support at patreon that makes it possible uh dollar a month three dollars a month just to help us out thanks again to so many who uh, believe in what we do enough to put a couple bucks our way every month. It means the absolute world to us. Yeah, let's talk Muppets. Muppets! It's time to something, something. That's, they don't
2: use that. <laughs> well, they
1: kind of do. They reference it.
2: Um, I would like to say that the introduction to the Muppets was so like, what well, was like Office and. There's a couple of other TV shows that it really reminds me of. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: It's a mock-you drama. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the office. It's Parks and Rec. It's, you know, Modern Family. Yeah. You know, where they, the characters break and talk to the camera about what's going on. Like, there's a, you know, a film crew there filming what they're doing.
2: 30 Rock mm-hmm. has that feel to it. That, yes, I loved it. I had such a good time with it, but I didn't expect it. I did not expect that. I didn't watch any previews or anything, so I had no idea what to expect. So that was kind of fun to see them in, like, modern world. Like, we're in the background. They've got, like, a board with all the sticky notes on it. And it's a really developed environment. You know, the the scenery is very full. So I was really excited to see that.
1: Somebody mentioned, and I'll mention this, and then let's let's get into our kind of initial overall thoughts. Uh, So I heard somebody mention, and I totally agree with this, when the Muppets started originally, they were uh, kind of making light of the... Uh, modern variety shows that were taking over television where like, you know, they, people would have guests on and performances and so they were doing that. This is the same thing. Yeah. yeah. They're making fun of that modern, you know, mockumentary and doing it show. at the same time. Yeah. So uh, I, I thought that was an interesting point. So what did you guys think? Andrew, start with you overall. What do you think? I'm beyond infatuated with this
3: show. I love it from, I think there's only three episodes that are out right now. Mm-hmm. Every single episode has been beyond hilarious. I'm loving it. It is definitely different from what you we watched as kids, like with Muppet Babies and like Muppet Christmas Carol. It's more adult themed, like uh, Fozzie and Kermit get
1: drunk in a bar. I mean, <laughs> come on, you don't... <laughs> that's a that's a little bit different well and they're they're having you know muppet relations <laughs> they're having yeah muppet <laughs> i mean not on screen or anything but i'm just saying it's yeah. very much evident they're talking about their their puppet sex and, lives and drug, yes, and they drug are.
3: use and stuff
1: yeah it's, it's the show is
3: if you can go into it with an open mind but at the same time you do f- i felt like a little kid watching the show and i know i should be getting into this more later on i'm supposed to. Be no no you're fine you're fine you thoughts. obviously
1: have strong feelings so that's good
3: i know but as soon as I saw the show was coming back, like with the trailers and stuff that were on TV, I was like, oh, Muppets is coming back. And then when I watched the show, I'm like, oh, this is going to be special. <laughs> this is going to be special. <laughs> Today,
1: what about you?
2: I am so exactly with you, Andrew. You smitten that much? I had such a fun time. The first episode, I was laughing and clapping. and <laughs> yes. I, just, I, I, was I was literally clapping. Yes. and I, I know part of it is just that I, I love, love the Jim Henson Company. I love what they do. I love that they I love that puppets, Muppets are on A B C television. That they have a place in our society, you know. Mm -hmm. There's this feel to it too where they did kind of like go by the wayside. Then they had the movie where they came back, you know, and then the movie was about them coming back. Mm -hmm. And then they're kind of actually back now. So they're riding this really fun wave. And I felt like the writing was fun and clever. And I, I was kind of in two places. I was back in my childhood complete nostalgia over the moon to see these characters. It was really interesting to experience the kind of like exuberance that I was experiencing. I was surprised at my own excitement. And so it was like (laughs) double excitement, you know, but then there was also this part of me that was like, either I have become very perverted in my adult life. And the Muppets are now perverse or they're just more perverse. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you go back and you'll watch like a TV show or a movie or something. There was some something. of that stuff
1: with the original show. And that's yeah. what I'm saying.
2: And you don't pick up on it because you're a kid watching right. it, you know? And so.
1: But not necessarily in the movies. There's not a lot of that in the Muppet movies. Yeah.
2: Like, so that's what my thing is. I'm like, either I've just gone gutter or. Like, or they have. <laughs> or they are really going into that more adult. And. Kind of started looking around at forums, things like that. And I'm glad that you kind of brought it up too. I think they're just, they're full on embracing the adult version of these characters. These characters have been around for a long time. And here we're getting to see something kind of new. So I was shocked a couple times because the Muppets are doing things and saying things I've never either known that they've said before. I'm just just cluing in because I'm more adult now i don't know um so i was shocked and i was also excited
1: so i guess i get to be the the lone voice of dissent here uh i did not have that euphoric experience that you guys had in fact i didn't like the first episode
3: now when i say that you're in the majority really I, every single forum and chat room I've been on, people don't like the show. Okay, Really? So, I, I don't get it because I love it.
1: All right. It. Well, let me explain what I experienced.
3: Okay. And yeah, I yeah. We come, have I've so actually, much
2: work to do. We've got to go save everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I can only tell you my own personal experience. Uh, and I've come around a little bit. But during that first episode, and I don't know if, if it's some level of prudishness or you know whatever it is, I was like, these aren't the, these aren't the Muppets I know they're not the Muppets I've fallen in love with. No, they're not. Um, they're, and, they're different. And, that's true. And and I felt the twinge of this. And we even talked about this when they announced their breakup, like several months before the show started. Yeah. And there was something about that, that tweaked me wrong. And I was just like, that's not, that's not why I go to the, like, I don't go to the Muppets to live in the real world. I, I go to the Muppets, you know, for kind of this fantasy world where, you know, I, I get Everything to escape okay. that and everything's okay. Yeah. And the, you know, they have adventures and they do fun stuff. So it, a lot of that comes from my expectations and what I put on these characters that I, you know, that I love. Right. What I realized in watching the first three episodes after that first episode is this is a brilliantly written TV show. Very the good. writing in this it's is so good. very smart. Very smart and very, very funny. And what they get right. And this is what I do love about the show. What they get right is the thing that the Muppets have always gotten right is the idea of Muppets being a natural part of the real world. Mm. When when normal human beings interact with them. Like
2: when Fozzie goes on a date and yes. meets the parents. And, yes. the, and they're like, you know, you're a bear. And, you know, <laughs> you go to the bathroom in the woods. And he's like, I take offense to that.
1: Yeah. That is a stereotype. Yeah, they don't say you're a Muppet. They say no. you're a bear. A bear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Isn't it interesting? I So they get that part right enough. And that's clever enough. And the take they're doing on Current TV shows Mm -hmm. is clever enough that I have fallen a little bit in love with the show in that way. I just I almost wish it was a different set of Muppets. Like it wears on the nostalgia for me a little bit for these kids. Like I don't want to see the depressed and down Kermit all the time. You know what I mean? Like who's dealing with you know job woes and all this? It's just like
2: that's I know, but to see him as a person, like as a person, sure, who has to who has been putting on this show, but yes, you know for. All these years and keeping it together for all these years and we're finally getting to crack into that part of him That is stressed out that you know It's that dynamic of going into a person and seeing that other side of them and it can be disappointing And I think that's one of the reasons that I'm on the side that I like it Mm -hmm. is because I have come to this place where I'm just like These are dynamic individuals. They have dynamic feelings and experiences and And I think that's where I've landed. Although I completely relate with you Aaron because when they first started to do like the, the very sexual conversation that they had in episode one, it's just through the whole thing. There's like these sexual comments and things like that. And, you know, even in how Kermit talks about meeting his new girlfriend mm-hmm. and, you know, he kind of like does like the pause and then he chooses his next word carefully to describe mm-hmm. their relationship. And mm-hmm. you just, there's all this very thick undertone of, mm-hmm. of uh, sexuality and things like that. I, I did feel a little bit like, oh, I didn't think I was going to have to be thinking about these things mm-hmm. with these characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. And exactly. now I'm thinking about these things with these characters. Right. And it does change it just a little bit. Um, I'm, I guess I'm just, I have a choice to make. I'm either going to choose to like go along with it and enjoy it or let him ruin the Muppets and I'm not going to let them ruin the Muppets for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Muppets too much.
1: It reminds me in some ways, this is probably a poor analogy, but I'm going to use it anyway. It reminds me of the Star Wars Christmas special. Where you've got the these, Chewbacca one? Yeah, where you oh, got oh, so bad. <laughs> I know. Where you've got these <laughs> characters that you know from this universe, and then you put them in this whole different setting. It's like those aren't the characters, you know what I mean? So it's like it treats them in a different way. So
2: except I, for that, these characters are doing exactly what we've seen them do before. They're putting on a show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is that. That is they true. They're
2: they're in their in their element. We're seeing them meet before the show to talk about this and that. We're seeing, and I love how it's so smartly done. They cut between their scenes. Miss Piggy is about to interview somebody then it cuts to behind the scenes and Miss Piggy is on the camera behind the scene you know in the back of uh, of their like studio area yeah. and and it's somebody else watching her you know live you're you're moving through like 30 rock you're moving through you know this it's really, really smartly done, and oh, it's
1: it's genius! And, it's brilliantly written.
2: And the people that are going to be wanting to get involved in this are endless. The celebrities that want to come and play with the Muppets it's, and those work. It's By the way, the celebrity
1: cameos work. They work uh, really, Bergeron really well. Is hilarious. David, oh my, that was so funny. So
2: I'm hoping that they kind of find their groove. They find yeah. that that they find the lines that they want to kind of go into, and you know, things do change. There are. Uh, franchises that change there are storylines that change there are characters that change and i think that that's part of the
1: i think the the struggle is the muppets have always been in many ways amoral to me like i didn't have to worry about moral questions with them yeah and in this universe now i'm judging the muppets like i'm judging their moral choices yeah you know what i mean it's a little it's just it's weird and i don't like i don't like being put in that position (laughs) you know where i'm like you know, second guessing their moral choices as puppets. <laughs> you
2: know it is something mean? that you want to consider before, you know, maybe sitting down and watching this with kids, because oh, for sure. there's, oh a, yeah. there's a really, really good chance that all of a sudden your child is going to be asking you questions that are going to come up from not just insinuated sexuality, but direct commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, that that might be something that, be careful. I consider. don't want people
1: to think it's explicit. No, it's no. not explicit. I would no. put it in middle school humor.
3: because
2: Yeah, I would agree with that.
3: Because, you know, drinking and stuff like that, that's what kids in middle school talk about. You know, it's not like this is a dark HBO <laughs> awful show. No, no. Game it's, of Muppets. I would put it in the same comedy realm of what you would find in Modern Family or Parks and yes. Rec.
1: No, I totally agree. And that was an interesting conversation we we had. Was you were like, has t- is this you thought it was more dirty than most T V and I said you you haven't been paying attention to other T V shows if you think that yeah. I mean it's the it's the same level And maybe it's more.
2: because I well, but I felt that they really laid it on thick the first episode. I felt like it was not as thickly laid on as far as like shocking statements in episode two and episode three. I think it's just a reaction to seeing but, the Muppets do it. But maybe, maybe I think maybe that's that is. what it is. Or, um, or do you com- think
3: they were trying to make a statement like Hey, yeah, not Just, as a, just as, this is what the show. This is the stuff fair you warning. could find. Yeah, in fair show. Warning. Fair warning. Could be.
2: Uh, Spartan Knight mentions in the comment the Muppets were originally. Uh, so when Jim Henson first created them, they were not always family friendly. Oh
1: no, they were. The, when their creation yeah. was not intended, they just became that because people loved them so much. And mm-hmm. the movies then uh, reinforced that uh, that aspect of them. So. In all honesty, if people say this is the Muppets getting back to their intentional, you know, their original purpose, they're probably right. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, what Jim Henson was thinking when he created them, likely. See, see, I
3: personally, I love this side of the Muppets, and I also love the childhood, child friendly version of the Muppets. I'm with both ends, I love it to death. And this is one, if you're young or if you're old enough, you remember this as the old show, and you're like, uh, yeah, they're they're bringing it full circle now
2: and, and 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 boldly. So, you know, they're they're being bold about it And I really am enjoying it. I'm gonna watch it. I'm going to be a fan of the show um, And I, I hope that it gains some momentum with other people. I mean watching Muppets on the television It's just it, it's it's an interesting experience mm-hmm. because I'm used to seeing them in cartoons I'm used to seeing them in movies. I'm used, to, you know, so it's it's like tuning into modern family. It's I'll keep watching
1: I if, if for no other reason than than the humor it is very but I, my kids won't be watching. Yeah. You know, so that's that's kind of where I land.
3: I um after I watched the show and I was so in love with all the episodes I went on the message boards just to see oh man people are going to love this show just as much as I did and when I found out that I was in the minority that a lot of people don't like the show I actually got like anxious I'm like oh no I have to save this show somehow I know that's yeah that's what I feel I was too like, I gotta tell people to watch this show I have to make people watch the show have to I gotta tweet about it I, yeah I have to <sighs> whatever, Clockwork whatever orange style whatever we should I write can to do. Kermit
2: we but, should write to Kermit and let him know that we're we're on board yeah let Kermit Yay! know. <laughs> Which finally they did.
3: <laughs> nice. Shoot the door they're big fans of my show. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what if he mentions this on the show? Oh, man. That'd be so fun.
1: Um, Yeah, we're we're available for cameos. <laughs> yeah. Just, just so you know. So everybody knows. Well, thanks, guys. Any other thought? Any one more thing on the Muppets? I'm pretty clean. Nope, I'm I've said my piece.
3: Uh, one last thing. I love how they're not making them out to be the huge celebrities we know them as. Like, people aren't going down the street like... Oh, my gosh, that's Kermit the Frog. You know, I don't know are, the Miss Piggy thing. No, like okay, if, with Miss Piggy, she is the celebrity. Right, okay, okay. But everybody else, like the Gonzos and the Rizzos, they're just sitting right. at the bar and people are just like, okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, Miss Piggy doesn't even know who they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: No longer safe with Kermit was mentioned in the in the chat. <laughs> nice. Perfect. Danae, did you have anything else
1: you want to hit nope, on the Muppets? No, I think I'm good. Excellent. All right, let's do very quickly our buried treasure for mm. this week. And... Aaron, you want to start? Sure, I can start. Absolutely, I'm going to go with another TV show. Uh, this may happen here in the next few weeks because there are so many that are coming out that I'm checking out. Uh, I was not expecting to like this show. I'd heard negative things about it, but I am on board with Limitless. I have enjoyed the transition. It's made from a movie to a TV show. Now, if you remember, the original TV sh- or original movie it was Bradley Cooper, and he takes the you know the pill, and all of a sudden has access to his entire brain. The one of the things I really love about this is Bradley Cooper is involved. He's in some of the scenes. He's his character from the movie is a part of this universe still, and it expands this universe in a way that I think is interesting. And I like the main guy who's playing the main character. I think he's you know, fun to hang out with.
3: Here's a question for you: Do you think that the shtick of it has lasting life, or that it'll? go on or do you think it's just going to be like a one or two season show and the people are going to be tired of it like okay, we get it he's smart
1: yeah okay so here's the thing the idea of solving mysteries never gets old since sherlock holmes the the mystery solving thing has been in all forms of media there's always a new way to paint it always a new thing to do uh I, i remember a friend saying when csi the very first csi in las vegas debuted that was his exact comment to me he was like that's going to get old so fast nobody's going to want to watch another you know how a crime scene is going to be solved by you know oh the shoe was untied in five versions of CSI later that's very very true (laughs) you know what I mean so I think it all has to do with the writing of the mystery it doesn't necessarily have to do with the the concept concepts can always be broadened into mystery and so that's why I think it has that potential now will it maintain interest I don't know you never know. that There's a lot of factors.
3: But for right now, you're on board.
1: For right now, I'm on board. And I've seen the just the first two. So I usually like to see three before I make you know kind of a final call. But I really liked those first two episodes. Interesting. Yep. So Limitless is my buried treasure this week. Danae, you want to go next?
2: Yep. I'm going to go with one of my favorite web comics. Um, as most of you know, I love web comics. I used to read them all the time. Um, and I've finished several. But there's one right now called What Birds Know. And the people who have been writing this one for years now are bringing the storyline to a close. So uh-huh. the good thing about mentioning a a webcomic that's coming to a close means that if you start reading it and you're just absorbing it and you just go through it really, really fast, you don't have to wait too long to see it, everything kind of come together. So there are other webcomics that are going to be going on for years and years and years and years and years. In fact, there was one that I read that went on for like, I think I read it daily monday through friday for four years before it ended and it had been going on for many years before that every single day they added something new so there's tons of them out there but this particular one's really good it's it's got a mystery and i like the the drawings in it again it's called what birds know
1: and birds involved i can't tell you oh it's all a secret. Sorry about Suspense that. Suspense is killing me.
2: <laughs> I'm going to link it in the chat and then, of course, it'll be in our shoe notes. Um, on Speaking of
1: web comics, I briefly saw several uh, several panels from something called like Heart and Brain or Heart Heart versus Brain or something. I thought those were hilarious if you want to look those up online. Go Interesting.
3: ahead. Um, I am going to be promoting a podcast. Do it. Ooh. Yes. It's It's not like a talk show podcast. Is it your own podcast? It Are you log rolling? Own.
1: Okay. No. That's fine. I mean, if you want to log roll, that's fine. I just, you know. Um flick freaks podcast you can it on, I <laughs> um,
3: No, this is actually a leading up story to halo 5 okay um a lot of people just know halo as just a random video game with like oh you're a cyborg man who's shooting
1: aliens It's kind of the original first person shooter wasn't it i mean oh doom was well the one. i mean i mean the one where the where fps's became like You could probably make the
3: case that for console FPSs, you can give a lot of credit for console FPSs to Halo. Yeah. It was um, the first
1: one I remember my friends trying to drag me into.
3: mm -hmm. And um, there was actually a book that came out a long time ago. It was called The Fall of Reach. And you find out that, oh, wait, there's actually an incredible story Behind Halo.
0: They're making a movie, right?
3: Uh, They've been making a movie forever. Okay. But um, actually, uh, District 9, the long time ago, that was actually supposed to be the Halo movie. Oh, interesting. And half of the scenes from that movie were what you would have seen in Halo. But they... um, uh, What's his name? Peter Jackson halfway through he's like no I'm not going to make the Halo movie because you're not making it the way it should be done mm. so they gave it to Neil Blomkamp who made District 9 with what those scenes would have been <laughs> and it turned out to be a great movie but uh, back to this um, you find out after reading this book oh wait there's this amazing story of how Master Chief is actually there's a dark story of how he was actually kidnapped as a child and he was genetically engineered to become this soldier he was kidnapped by the government. And this is before like the aliens and stuff were invading, stuff like that. And now there's this podcast. It's called Hunt the Truth, which actually has a remarkable cast behind it for voice actors and stuff. They have um, Keegan-Michael Key, Phil Lamar, Troy Baker, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kobe Smulders. Mm-hmm. Camille Nangianis, in this as well. Interesting. And you're listening to this and you're like, so this is a podcast which writing is up there with what you would find in an Aaron Sorkin, like political... You're like, wait a minute, this is actually a good
1: story. And I'm glad that it's happening because a lot of people think a podcast is talking heads, which is what most podcasts are. That's what our podcast is. is you blah, know, it's, blah,
2: blah, talking heads.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's people talking about stuff, but it can be a performance art as well. It can yeah. be a storytelling medium in that way.
3: So there's 17 episodes. They just wrapped up season one and they're going into finishing up season two right before Halo 5 Guardians comes out. So if you're a Halo fan and you have read the book um, Fall of Reach... And you're looking for something to tie into Halo 5. This is what you need to listen to. You can listen to the whole thing in probably an hour and a half, maybe two hours.
1: Very cool. It'll blow your mind. Very cool.
2: Well, here we all are at the end of the podcast. Oh, no. It's It's time for the outro
1: music. Oh, Oh, no. Boom. (laughs) There it is. It's official now. Well, thank you guys for checking out this episode of Sift Pop with Critic, the Geek, and the Girl. We are more than happy to be your hosts through the world of pop culture every week. Every Friday at noon, we're live, and then it's available in the podcast. Just search for Sift Pop in iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a rating. All that fun stuff helps us out.
2: And special thanks to all of our supporters at Patreon. Thank you so much for making this show possible. Today, we want to thank Ruth. Ruth, thank you so much for your monthly gift to us at patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. It makes all of this possible, and we know that um, you could spend that money doing something else, but you choose to support us, so thank you.
1: means the absolute world, and we will be uh, back next week on Sift Pop. probably to What are we chatting next week? Just remember, there's movies coming out and stuff. We'll be chatting that. Think happy thoughts.